Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And um, we are going to talk about what it is to be a Christian. And this conversation is sparked by an email, well, no, a message, a Facebook message that we received after one of our previous programs. And, you know, I thought it was a really good question. I, I really appreciated the way this sister who um, lives in the Tulsa area mm. um, wanted to get some clarity on what we were talking about. And it has to deal with, um, or has to do with, a transformation church where um, Mike Todd is the pastor, mm-hmm. and uh, I really like like the way that she asked this question and what she pointed out um, because I feel like it gives us an opportunity to have a conversation about who is and who isn't a disciple and mm. who actually defines that. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's important to know because I think people think by good works or by you know just being a good person. That makes them a disciple of Christ, but it's much more than that. It's a counting of the cost, you know, and Jesus talked about that. And so what it takes to be an, uh, a disciple, man, that's a that's an important topic that I think a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, we're going to talk about that today. But first, how about a little bit of culture-proof housekeeping? Yes, help us to grow. Um, share the episodes, if you will. If you feel like you're being blessed by these episodes, pass it on, pass it on. Uh, we thank you guys for, for doing that thus far. And uh, we appreciate the support with that. Also, give it a five-star rating. Uh, that helps us to get traction and for people to be aware of Culture Proof and leave comments. Thank you so much for being so engaged. And we, we thank you for that. And so continue to leave those comments. We try to answer as best as we can uh, these comments that are left. But it's very uh, encouraging to see people engaged. Yeah, and we also want to thank you for your financial support. Um, we continue to be amazed at the people who are supporting us monthly and also making those single donations. Thank you. We see you and we're super excited about what your donation means. Um, The encouragement that says, hey, keep going. Um, Listen, if you want to support Culture Proof, you can learn more about doing that online by going to Mm cultureproof.net. That is cultureproof.net. If you wanted to mail us um, support, you can do that by mailing uh, PO Box 1269 in Saltillo, Mississippi, 38866. Also, if there's just information you want to mail us, you can do that as well. Um, most people, when they have topics they want us to explore, they will just message us. But if there's yeah. content that you think we ought to see, you can also put that in the mail to us. Um, that's P.O. Box 1269 in Saltillo, Mississippi, S-A-L-T-I-L-L-O, and the zip code is 38866. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you more than we can say. Mm-hmm. Um to reward you. Here's more content. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's necessarily a reward. I, I do think it's important for us to recalibrate and come back to how we understand if someone is or isn't a Christian. Yeah. You know, too often, I think we just, we're nice to one another. Mm-hmm. And we want to have, you know, good fellowship with one another. Right. And we want to see the nice things that people do. And we want to assume or we want to lovingly um, identify them as Christians because they are doing things mm. that appear to be Christ-like. Yeah, and I think that's a trap that you can fall into by seeing good works and say, hey, man, because they're doing this or that, man, they have to be a follower of Christ. You know, look, look at 
They, sometimes we call that fruit. Mm. <laughs> That's not really the fruit that we should be looking for because there, there are tons of people who people who don't know Christ that can do good things and give out you know gifts and things like that. So you've got to be careful with that. No, you really do. And um, so last week we had a conversation as we were looking at um, a video that we were sent uh, between <laughs> um, Pastor Mike Todd and oh, Tim Ross and um, you know just <laughs> really having some questions about should be um, their. <laughs> <laughs> their loyalty, their allegiance to Christ, and you know how we discuss uh, how we describe the gospel. Like, yeah. how do you actually define the gospel? Is it something where each of us gets to bring our own definition to it? You know, our mm. own flavor of drink. Anyway, <laughs> uh, cringe. But yeah, so we had that conversation, and then following that conversation, a sister who listens to the podcast uh, messaged us on Facebook, and I want to read the message, and then want to get into a conversation. Um, after I responded to her, I kept thinking about the question, and I thought it was good for the larger audience as well. Mm. So this is our sister who listens to us in the Tulsa area, and she writes this, love you guys' content. As a mother of three, you all have helped me to think critically on so many issues over the past Past couple years. Thank you. We live in the Tulsa area and are all too familiar with all that is Transformation Church. We 100% agree with you all regarding his comments you all addressed and how far he strays from the word often. We have good friends who started a girl's home here in the area, though, and Transformation Church donated upwards of $150,000 to get this home up and off the ground, mm. as well as cover a vacation for the girls. Can't help but feel like they're playing with fire by allowing TC to play such an integral role. Uh, to clarify, I'm in no way affiliated with either. Just curious as to you all's thoughts as I try to make or think things through uh, critically. Thanks again for all that you do. And so I read this and, and I was just thinking about how, man, there's so many people who um, give away a lot of stuff. Yeah. And some of those people do it in the name of Jesus and some people do not. Um <laughs> So there's got to be a way for us to define who's a Christian and who's not. And the question is, does the Bible help us identify who Christ's followers are? Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, yes, yes the Bible does. absolutely does. And Jesus himself absolutely defined what a follower of himself actually looks like. Yeah. I mean, quite simply, Oprah gave away a lot of stuff. Man, that's so <laughs> I true. I mean, she gave away, she, she's the queen of giving away stuff. Yeah. But that doesn't say anything about her spiritual life, you know, her life, if, if she's following Christ. And so, again, we have to be careful that we're not looking at the outward things and, and using those things to say this person is this or that. You know, now we're not trying to be the ones that say that this person is not a Christian or whatever, but we have the scriptures that we can look at to see you know, if a person is being a true disciple of Christ, yes. you know, it's it, it's there for us to, to check it out. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, and this is where the headlines began to just explode with Transformation Church giving away tons and tons of money. They had mm -hmm. moved into this new arena and right after they moved in, the pandemic hit and they just kind of went into like overtime mode of like, I don't know, just perfecting how they were going to execute service. In fact, I was watching in preparation for this podcast, I was watching a video where um, where they were giving away all of the stuff on that particular Sunday and they were wrapping up like this forgiveness series that Mike Todd had taught through. Mm. And it was really interesting to me for him to recognize 
I guess the members of his church or the people who would be the online participants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he talked about, you may be watching this video. Um, you may be on the treadmill as you're watching it. And I just thought, I just don't know <laughs> that that's what the Lord had in mind for the gathering of the saints. No, that like, I would have to say you know no. what I mean? Like some people are just at home. They're just sipping on their coffee and their PJs. And some people may be on the treadmill. Some people <laughs> may be running, working out at the gym while they're just getting in a little service time. I just, and that's small. Okay. I'm nitpicking when I say that, but that was yeah. just one of the things that jumped out at me. But in 2020, um, that's when you find these headlines of Pastor Mike Todd giving away tons of money. And um, the Christian Post picked up on this, and this is a headline from 2020. Uh, Transformation Church gives away $3.5 million in house, cars, cash to bless those in need. The mm. article goes on. Pastor Mike Todd of Transformation Church in Bixby, Oklahoma, led his congregation in a $3.5 million dollar one-day blessing spree on Sunday in which they helped scores of human service organizations, churches, and individuals, including one needing needy family that received a new car and $250,000 to purchase a home. Of the $3.5 million in gifts given away by the church less than two weeks before uh, Christmas, one and a half million went toward helping other churches. One million was given to various human service organizations and 200,000 went toward helping people pay off personal debts like student loans. Mm. I mean, you read something like that yeah. and you just go, that is phenomenal. Yeah, it is. It is. Now, I appreciate the heart of it. You know, I, I, I think, you know, when we're able to do good, we should, you know, and if you have a ministry like that and seem like they're, they're doing pretty pretty well to be able to give you know as they have been given to mm -hmm. so I, I I think that's you know a, a noble thing but it still doesn't say anything about being a true follower of Christ no it doesn't it, it's not indicative of one who follows Christ because as you rightly pointed out you've got Oprah who um, among other ways that she made a name for herself she gives <laughs> right. away a lot of stuff I mean who doesn't know about Oprah's favorite things right, right. who doesn't know you get a car you get a car you get a car right okay same thing with Ellen Ellen gives away <laughs> a lot of stuff or did when she had a program um when we are looking at altruism and we're looking at people who present themselves as being selfless, while that is a um, a characteristic of the Lord Jesus, right, that he willingly laid down his life, that he was selfless, um, that is not the only characteristic of Jesus, right? So, so of course, we see um, the glory of God in man's willingness to give of himself. Mm -hmm. Like that's so that God does go public with who he is through his creation when the creation does things that are consistent with the character of God. Amen. I mean, that's just a fact, right? We are made for the glory of God. Amen. The question is, do we look at what people are doing? Do we look at the things that people may be giving away, the niceties of people, and then say they have eternal life? Well, the scriptures are very clear mm. that that's not the indication that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look, you could be enamored by Christ. Mm. You could like him a lot. Yeah. You could be a fan of Christ's, right? Like you could you you could be a distant observer. You could find that his teachings um help you live a more moral life mm -hmm. and you feel good about yourself and so therefore you want to do things that reflect this knowledge that you have received. Uh so in other words, Jesus and uh his word sort of become a self-help type 
program that mm. you walk through, yeah. all of those things give people a false sense of eternal security. But Jesus actually said what a disciple of his actually looks like mm. and how we might be able to know if we are in fact a disciple. Yeah. So in John chapter eight, I think this is really interesting. So what happens here, and I'll just give a little bit of background because this is how we build our discernment by um, consuming the word of God, reading it in context, like reading huge chunks of the word of God at one time. So we're not just kind of picking things out of their context and then thinking that we understand. So if you look at Jesus's exchange in John chapter eight, there is an adulterous woman that is brought to him. And then Jesus, of course, stoops down to write in the ground. And uh, and then he asks, you know, okay, first person without sin, you can cast the first stone because they're, according to the law of this woman, you know, she's caught in the act of adultery, she mm -hmm. should be stoned. And then slowly, one by one, they go away because none of them is without sin. He tells the woman to go and sin no more. And then Jesus continues on preaching about himself as the light of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as he's preaching about who he is, there are many who believe him. There are many who take note of what Jesus is saying, and there's there's almost like, and this is why, man, the Bible is beautiful, right? Like all of these details become important when you see how Jesus will later respond to all of the people who believe, right? So they hear the teaching, they see the authority coming from Jesus, and they are like so enamored. They're like, yes, we believe, right? But Jesus doesn't just stop at their we believe and we're enamored by you. He actually attaches a distinguishing feature or a distinguishing characteristic to those who are truly his disciples. And that's found in John chapter eight, verse 31. And this is what Jesus says. Um, well, I'm going to start at verse 31 and then verse 32. Um, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him. Mm -hmm. Now notice this is not to those who were the doubters. Right. This this is to the ones who had who believed, believed him. It. I like what you're saying. Yeah. I think I think what you're saying is good. Okay. So he was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So if we ask a question, like if, you know, how do we know if a person is really a believer? How do we know if a person is really a follower of Christ? Well, then their life is going to be marked by obedience. Mm. That's big. If we can, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And so that's what we should be uh, looking for in our own lives. And as we evaluate others, you know, are they continuing in the word? You know, just because of uh, outward things, it doesn't m mean that a person is, you know, who they say that they are. You know, but are they continuing in the word, in, in their preaching, uh, in their teaching, or in their, their living? You know, and I think that's the way according to Jesus, that we can understand if a person is truly his. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, we don't like, in our culture, we don't like absolutes. We want everything to be subjective. Mm -hmm. We want everything to be a matter of debate. Like, um, you know, well, it's 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 subjective, right? Like it's your opinion, mm -hmm. right? That's what we, we like people to nod in agreement because there can be no absolutes in culture today. Like, yeah. in, in other words, we, we say that what is absolute is that there aren't any, right? But that's just not true. Right. And so even as it pertains to identifying a follower of Christ, we're like, well, how, I mean, to say just obedience is a marker. Well, but that's what Jesus said. Yeah. And so we are free 
and encouraged to say what Jesus said, right? And so if he defined his followers as those who obey him, meaning they keep his word, then we are on good ground to echo that and say, we will know them by their fruit. Mm. And the fruit should actually be the production that comes about as a result of keeping, excuse me, of keeping God's word. If you're not doing that, then you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are making excuses for not keeping God's word, if you're finding a fresh and a reimagined approach to Hmm. God's word, um, then you're not a follower of Christ. In fact, you're very dangerous, and we are actually warned to mark you, to Hmm. pay attention to what you are saying or how you are living. You know, I know people, when they hear this type of conversation, they think of, methods versus, you know, um, keeping God's word, meaning, you know, some may say, well, you know, just some people have a different method that they're trying to like carry out the word. But man, when you stray away from the word with your methods, Mm. you know, that's the dangerous ground. And that's what we see happening a lot of times because of gimmicks and trying to like uh, entertain people Mm -hmm. that you might have, you might say, well, this is my method to win those. But man, but when you stray away from the word, that's just, that disqualifies what you're doing. Yeah, because then the question is, how do you weigh the methods and determine whether they are godly or not? Like we, mm. the the bottom line, I think, in all of the things is that there must be a means by which, outside of ourselves, we know if we have done what is right or what is wrong. And mm. so, even if it if it's a question of methods, then how do we determine that those methods are godly methods? I mean, mm. I've I have seen videos of Mike Todd doing things that just right. are not godly. And and people would say, well, by what means do you define that? And I would say, outside of me, the word of God. Yeah. Not not within myself. I am I am not the judge. I am not the arbiter of that. I would say outside of me, I am looking at the word of God. If you are on vacation with your wife, um, you don't want to be posting these, you know, lewd pictures of the two of you. You don't want to be posting reels or videos recently he did on his Instagram page of him being plastered or splattered with, he's being rubbed on by his wife publicly. And like, I just, and like, why are you like, why, you You know, know, what's the point of posting that? There's no reason. There's just no reason for some of the gimmicks and some of the things that have been done. And we've already covered, you know, you've got heresy when you start to call into question the wisdom of God. So even if you don't like the methods, the message is tainted when you make yourself equal to God or believe that you could have or should have instructed God. That alone is dangerous to say nothing of all the other things that have been added to it. Yeah. Those things cause folks to uh, stumble, you know, and if you're a pastor, there's no way in the world you should be posting things like that, you know, and that there's no like, um, I guess conviction there not to do it, man, that speaks volumes, you know, that you even would hit sin on something like that. Well, can I say, so there's no conviction. So there's several things there, right? Um, and again, the marks of a believer, okay, that you have accountability, that you have people yeah. that you're in fellowship with, that if your internal um, marker is messed up or maybe not working that day, right. you have people it, in your life who would say, to help you out. <laughs> hey, Pastor Todd, I just... <laughs> I don't think that that's good. You might want to take that down off your Instagram. The fact that there's no one Mm. saying that, no one checking for that, no one saying, hey, you know, I mean, he preached a message where he wore a T-shirt with a picture of his wife scantily clad. Like, 
you know, and people would say, well, but that's his method to go along with his message. Like he was trying to make a point, but what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, like how do you violate scripture in order to teach scripture? You, right. you just don't do that. Right? right. And then going back to God's word. And again, look, all of us can be students of God's word. I, I really don't like this thought or this idea that it's only for the pastors, only for the preachers to be versed in God's word. And like a person would say, well, I don't know, you know, how I can measure this because I don't know. I'm going to have to ask my pastor. There may be some things where you have to ask your pastor. But can I tell you that the word of God is intended that we would all know? Mm that we would all be able to test, that we would all be able to weigh people's actions against the straight edge of scripture. I I would say this, I think in many, many ways, the reason that we don't know is because we have been um, flooded with the ideas that there's so much subjectivity within the body of Christ. Maybe it's the explosion of denominations. Um, Maybe it's, you know, different doctrinal traditions that people feel very strongly about. And and we say, you know, and we're all Christians. Mm. And so maybe it makes people feel like, there's just unlimited subjectivity yeah. as it pertains to the gospel, but that just isn't true. Man, some of these methods are like the ham- hamster wheel because uh, once you start this stuff, to keep people coming, you have to continue to do Man, that same yes. stuff. Yes. And so then you get gimmick after gimmick and you know outrageous stuff that you're doing because you're you're trying to uh, uh, you know get that same feel that you had before you know of entertaining the people where they oh man I don't want to miss this service what is he gonna do next <laughs> yeah that type of thing yeah you know and it's this cycle that you got to continue to do it to keep them man I was I was watching again in preparation for this podcast, right? Like, cause I'm always like, okay, I know that the receipts are out there. I just look, and I'm not saying that this makes me better than anyone else. I'm not, I don't check for Mike Todd. Like, so I'm not looking for his sermons. I don't scroll his Instagram page or anything like that. But you know, if we're going to talk about a person, I want to make sure that I have the facts, right. And not just like, oh yeah, I kind of read in passing. Like I want to, you know, and so as I was looking at some videos for some of his sermon series, um, I'm going, oh my goodness, this is so unnecessary. Like you, and we've mentioned things like this before. You don't need to be in a bed on your stage with a mannequin. Like you can talk to people about purity and relationships and you can talk to people about not having unhealthy desires and, and not trying to fulfill those desires before you are in covenant, meaning marriage, which he actually kind of avoided saying. But you can do that without bringing a bed onto stage and putting a mannequin in it and lying with the mannequin, like and cuddling with the mannequin. Like, it's just all very disturbing. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, But again, we are talking about how we can know if a person is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, is that person a disciple? And what we would say uh, conclusively based on God's word is that if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will obey his word. You will uphold his word. You will celebrate his word. So there's not like this reluctance in, well, that's just the Bible. It's like, no, this is God's word. And we joyfully accept this. We joyfully present this. We joyfully stand behind God's word. We stand Mm -hmm. on God's word, flat footed. Um, In John chapter 15, verse 10, the Lord Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Mm -hmm. Jesus talked about obeying the father in all things. Yeah. 
Jesus talked about doing what God the Father had sent him to accomplish, that he had done the will of God. This becomes vitally important in eternity, not just like, okay, so what we're doing in the meantime, right? Like this has spiritual implications that we have a heart that is set toward obeying God, because what does it prove? It proves that it's a regenerated heart. It proves that it's not the heart of the old man. It's not the heart of the flesh or of the dead man's works, right? Mm. Like you think about it, biblically speaking, the Apostle Paul paints this picture to the Romans that um, Jesus is the second Adam, okay? So the first Adam has failed in numerous ways, right? And chief (laughs) among them is in obedience. He did not obey. But the second Adam our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is going to obey in all things. He's going to fully accomplish what God Amen. has sent him to accomplish, right? And he's going to be worthy. Mm. He's going to be worthy to be exalted and celebrated and worshiped for eternity because he obeyed all things that the Father commanded him. Mm. This mm. is huge. So when Jesus says, if you obey me, if you continue in my word, then you are really disciples of mine. He's not just speaking of the actions. Mm. He's speaking of what the actions represent, which means your heart has been transformed Mm. because the Mm. heart that is not transformed is not going to submit to the commands of God. Right. Like we think about this. The Bible teaches us very clearly that if we don't have a transformed mind by the spirit of God, our mind is actually hostile to God. Yeah. It does not submit to God. And the Bible says that it can't even do it. Right. So when we are looking at people and we're trying to inspect their fruit, the biggest question I think that we will ask as we observe is, do they keep to the word of God? Do they hold fast to the word of God? Yeah. And the sister that uh, sent the, the message, she even pointed out that, Many times he strays away from the world. Yeah. So I think that's the indication right there. Based upon scripture, those who continue in his word, you know, those are his disciples indeed. Yeah. You know, and so when you have someone who's constantly straying from the word to try to get, you know, <laughs> I guess, you know, just some uh, response, some shocking response or whatever, you know, man, you got to really keep an eye on that and say, man, they constantly are straying from the, the word of God, mm. you know, I have to mark this person, yeah. you know? And so um, I think that's a, a dead giveaway for the question that she was asking, because I can, I can understand seeing like all this given to, you know, this, this, uh, this home mm-hmm. and, 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 and things like that. It's, man, that's good works. Yeah. It's good works, but that's not the thing that makes us his disciples. No. And I, you know, and I would say, I think that some of this comes down to, not understanding what love is. You know, we think of love as an emotion. We think of love as something that we feel. Mm. And so I think a lot of people are deceived because they love Jesus, mm. right? Like they they feel warm and fuzzies when they think about Jesus and, and they think about um, maybe what they have experienced as his goodness toward them. Mm. And so then they have these feelings of like, oh, I just, I love him so much. And and you see this actually displayed in the marital context as well. Mm. We think of love as what we feel versus what we do, right? But Jesus defined love for him as obeying him, as keeping his commandments. In John chapter 14, verse 16, um, actually, chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Right. Again, in verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father mm. and I will love him and we will and and will disclose myself to him. 
So, so like the love is an action. The, the love is yeah. demonstrable. It is something that you demonstrate. Again, in verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. So again, you see the love is attached to action. I'll just yeah. round out with verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So more than one time, <laughs> Jesus is stressing that obedience is the marker. Mm. That God's love language, yeah. you know, the book, the five love languages right, that we all right. read before we get married, <laughs> and then we still just blaze through life, not even applying the principles. I'm joking. I'm joking. That's not your testimony, okay? Um, nor is it ours. Right. <laughs> right. Don't don't judge us. Um, but yeah, so we look at the five love languages, and we endeavor to know our spouse's uh, love language, because we're like, I want to love you in that way. I, mm. I want you to feel um, love in the things that I do, right, and the, the way that you would interpret that as love, so mm. I'll, I'll, as an example, um, my love language, well, the great got off really, really good. Okay. Because <laughs> I am not a gifts person. I will accept them and I get happy about that, but that's not my love language. Right. So I'm putting you on the spot. What's your, what's my love language? Acts of service. Number one, number one <laughs> acts of service. So like he could never buy me another thing. Right. And I, I'm not going to like truly, truly, truly. I'm just, I mean, I, I look, don't get me wrong. When he comes home with a surprise, I think it's sweet, right? Like, I love it. But when he washes laundry, like, <laughs> oh my goodness, like, seriously, like to, to go in, I remember one time recently here, um, we were talking to a group of uh, married couples and uh, down in um, Southern Mississippi. And I was talking with the, to the ladies and I was talking about how one day without my asking, you went into our littles room and cleaned their room like went into their closet. Oh, it was a disaster. It was a wreck. Y'all, it was, it was a wreck. Okay. And I avoided going into the room because it just would freak me out. I just, I don't like it. Right. And he went in one Saturday and man, spent several hours in there just cleaning. And he didn't even tell me he was going to do that. He just did it. When I talk about my love tank being full, like just feeling like, Man, I felt so loved, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think about it. And and by the way, Will the Great's love language uh, is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And so when I tell him that he's done a good job, man, that really fills your tank, doesn't it? Yes, yes. I mean, just <laughs> I could do it right now. You've done a great job today, co-hosted well, with. <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, listen, here's <laughs> the point. Here's the point that I'm making. Right, the point that I'm making is this. Love language, the love language that God recognizes, right? And you know what I mean when I say recognizes. And forgive me for condescending to use this kind of comparison. God is completely other from us, right? But he has allowed us to reflect him. Like God is, he has made us in his image. But God's love language is obedience. That's that's his love language. Like you can you can bring all your gifts, you know, I, I give to the poor, Okay. <laughs> You know, right. you can show up, but I, but I, I come and I spend quality time. I'm reading my Bible. Hmm. I'm spending quality time. And the Lord's like, obey me, right? obey me, go and do what you've just read. And many people, like I'm thinking of the rich young ruler, right? Mm. Like he's, I've done all these things. I've done all these things. And it's at the point that Jesus gives him instruction. The thing that he is unwilling to do that he goes away sad. Yeah. 
Because he's like, I'm not willing to love you and obey you on that point. Right. And so then all of it is like sort of lost, mm. right? And so for Mike Todd and, you know, all of the things that he's done and probably will do, mm -hmm. those things are incredible things. And, and man, may God be glorified through those things to the person who started the, the group home. You know, to the person who was able to buy a home and to all of the ministries that he helped, God used that to bless those ministries, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if that comes with strings, and that means that Mike Todd's got to show up and be able to preach at your church whenever <laughs> he wants, mm -hmm. if that means that he's got to come and bring a message to the group home, <laughs> well... The blessings of God make rich and add no sorrow. So I wouldn't, I don't know if you need to call that a blessing, but the point that I'm making is this, look, the fruit that we want to be inspecting chief and foremost in those who claim to be followers of Christ mm -hmm. is obedience. Amen. Do they demonstrate the fruit of obedience? If not, then they don't love the Lord. And you're like, Mickey, I can't believe you just said that. Well, I didn't. I was just repeating what God's word says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't actually make that up. So anyway, that's, that's, I thought this was worth having a conversation about publicly and helping members of the body of Christ to be able to discern and to speak with great assurance that God's word is not silent on issues, right? Mm. God has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. That's right. We just got to ingest it and then go ahead and live it out. All right. When you resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, you will remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. Are you registered for Culture Proof Conference 2024? Well, you need to get registered today. We are super excited about our first ever conference that's coming to Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes, July 18th through the 20th. And we're open, wide open. So go to cultureproof.net right now and register. Yeah, that's right. And I say the first ever conference. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. Right. But everything that you love about the types of conferences that the Addisons produce. Yes. All remains intact. Some That's of our right. speakers this year include the incredible Dr. Kathy Cook. Abraham Hamilton III. Dr. Renton Rathbun. Dr. Lee Brand. And Israel Wayne. And not to mention our extraordinary Culture Proof Kids and Teens tracks yes. facilitated by Maria Hamilton. The third. And Mark and Amy <laughs> Warren. You're going to want to make sure you register. When registration fills up for those tracks, the kids tracks, we close them down because yeah. we want our classrooms to be functional and we want our kids to get the most out of those classrooms. <laughs> All right, question. Mm -hmm. Is functional a word? No, probably not. So fu functional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. I just want to, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, don't let her do it. Oh, Lord. Um, when you don't have a red line in your brain, you're just going to leave it. Okay. We want to see you in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. Go to cultureproof.net.